It is 17 away. Uh, is it? No, my maths is real bad. It's Labor Day. Uh, now it's 20, it is. Uh, there we go. Away from... Um, that's not actually, it's 23 away. 23 away from eight. There we I'm go. The six oh, one. man. My maths has gone right out the window. Uh, I should still be in bed on Labor Day, but I'm not. I'm here with Izzy and you guys. Uh, it is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. And joining us out of the UK now uh, is Ben Ransom from Sky Sport. Mate, uh, excuse my nightmare of a start to this voice break, mate. How are you? Yeah, good morning, boys. Um, uh, maybe we should have had you uh, tossing up the uh, the runs in the last England cricket game because uh, you might have helped us out, Ricardo. Uh, although maybe not. It was, it was such a big deficit. I think even you might have got that one right. <laughs> I guess the, the real question, Ben, is uh, even though you, you you know you lost in terms of uh, the run chase. I mean, if it had been on boundary count back, would you still have won? <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing has just been, uh, it's been a pretty dismal, hasn't it? Um, we are not had a great week up here. I was promised we weren't going to mention cricket or rugby, but I thought I'd get in there early just in case you were going to rib me about either. Uh, it's not, we've not had the best couple of days. Uh, but you know, all it means, we just, England just have to win five out of five now uh, to finish the Cricket World Cup group and we should get through. You know, that's fine, isn't it? We've done it before. Oh, Ben, I got told, just don't bring it up, Dagger. Just don't bring it up. I'll, 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 I'll leave it up to Rick Dog and, and he can talk about it but it was a, obviously he wants to talk to, uh, about the weekend a sad news obviously with the the legend that is Bobby Charlton passing away Sir Bob Charlton passing away mate and you saw what it meant to to the group you know Steve Borthwick was sent his condolences it must be heartfelt around uh, around England at the moment yeah 100 percent um I think uh, it's probably fair to say he's England's greatest ever player that's certainly the discussion that we're having in this part of the world right now, um, an icon, a legend, a gentleman, an amazing footballer with an amazing story. Um, I think his achievements on the pitch, they kind of take care of themselves. I mean, look, England's football teams have only ever won one World Cup. That was in 1966. We mention it quite a lot, admittedly. But the team was built around... Bobby Charlton, as he was then, um, he was magnificent right through the tournament. He played a key role in the final of keeping Be- uh, Beckenbauer quiet. He was amazing in that game to help England get over the line. So one of only 11 Englishmen to win a World Cup final. One of only four Englishmen to be crowned Ballon d'Or winner, i.e. the best footballer in Europe. 249 goals for Manchester United in a a career that spanned 750 appearances. He scored twice in a European Cup final in 1968. United becoming the first English team to win that particular competition. An amazing player. But then afterwards as well, I mean, I've been in his presence. He was just such a gentleman. He was so engaged with Manchester United uh, right through until literally the last year or two when, unfortunately, his... Dementia had just caught up with him, um, but an amazing character, so humble as well. He's from the northeast uh, in England, so up, uh, up near Newcastle, up in that part of the world. And the humility that he had, he the relationship with his brother Jack Charlton, amazing, you know, very family, very grounded people. And you just would never have thought that this is England's greatest ever player. Nothing at all about him apart from that humility, no ego, and yet a magnificent footballer in every sense. He achieved something, um, Ben, which in English football, as you know, we all know, it's all about rivalry and tribalism. But he was a guy that sort of um, 
he was above all of that, right? I mean, you know, you could, you could talk to any fan of any club about Sir Bobby Charlton or Bobby Charlton, and it didn't matter that he had played for Manchester United, did it? It was it, it, it was like he was above all of the rivalry because of what he had done for English football. Yeah, 100%. I think he, he what he always carried himself in, in and around the game was was obviously that, that, that... I mean, gentleman's the right word because he was that on the pitch at all times. I mean, just a remarkable... A remarkable player, a statesman and an ambassador whilst playing in some of the biggest games that any professional could, i.e. a World Cup final, European Cup final, um, just a magnificent football. And yeah, exactly that. And I think the way he carried himself after football as well helped. But yeah, held in such high esteem and everyone who met him. And let's not forget, it was a different time back then in the, in the, in the kind of 50s, 60s, and early 70s, wasn't it, where fans were able to mix with players they just you know they had a pint down the local pub you'd see them out and about you they weren't living in these mansions behind huge security gates they were out and about with the people and because of that so many people will have stories about meeting him and in every single you know he talked himself about every day not one day passing in his life when someone didn't want to talk about the world cup final and he was always willing to give his time and he was so uh, that humility like i say the fact he was so personable and he achieved so much yeah he, he absolutely any kind of tribalism that he was he, he kind of far surpassed that for what he did for the country and it also i think helps in that era i mean you'll know about it as well i'm sure but you know any listeners who don't that era in the kind of 60s it was it was the showbiz era for manchester football because on one you had two holy trinities essentially on on either side of the city in the red half of course you had charlton law and best and across the blue half he had franny lee who himself i was at his memorial service uh, only uh, earlier at the start of this week um he passed a couple of weeks ago manchester city legend and he had mike Thoby as well uh, and colin bell so there were two trinities two fantastic football teams but they all used to socialize together and that's the thing i love about that era you see pictures of summer b and best down charlton and it's just Amazing, amazing that it was such a vibrant time for football and in one city too. But yeah, what he did for England was just magnificent. Yeah, it was uh, truly magnificent. Uh, Sir Bobby Charlton, rest in peace. Uh, one of the true greats, mate. Uh, well, let's talk about the Premier League then from the weekend. Uh, big win this morning for Villa over West Ham, 4-1. Uh, that continues uh, the way that uh, Unai Emery's got them going. But uh, from a New Zealand point of view, interesting to see Chris Wood get a start for Notts Forest and uh, slot two goals as well. Yeah, a couple of goals for Chris Wood. Um, he's largely playing because uh, Tewa Iwanae is injured at the moment and he started the season, if you remember, in fantastic form, scoring in, what, about five or six consecutive games? So, I mean, he was brilliant, but this is why they paid that money for Chris Wood when they took him out of Burnley. The first one was to take him out of Burnley to, start, to give them less chance of, uh, of staying up and also help Forrest's cause. Um, but also the fact that they have been able to, you know, they've got a player that can come in, knows the Premier League, as you know, he's very reliable. He's got that physical presence, which for teams that are scrapping about in the kind of lower echelons of the league, they're still hugely important players. He's unselfish, but when he's on form, as we've seen through his career, he can go through these runs of scoring. And he took his goals, I thought, really well, actually. He could have had more. There was that he had a header as well, which went just over the bar. And it was good to see him doing well. And for Forrest, they've, they've started the season well. But I suppose if we're talking about that game, you have to also give Luton Town credit because... They've got to be one of the most... In fact, I'd say they're the most unfancy team in the Premier League since Blackpool came up. And let's not forget, Blackpool under Ian Holloway played some great stuff. And they almost, almost stayed up, didn't they? It was so close. Went right down to the wire. 
Luton, out of all the promoted teams, I said pre-season, I've got a funny feeling that they might be the, the, the ones that actually give us the most of the surprise, even though most people thought Burnley were best equipped. But Luton are battling away in there. The, the numbers are good. They're not far. They've not been beaten. Um, you know, they've been beaten badly once. Apart from that, they've been in every game. The fact now they've got a win. They've got that win against Everton and two draws. They're outside the relegation zone. They've got a, a little bit of momentum too. And it's quite, it's quite fascinating how that bottom part of the table shaping up, even at this early stage. Well, I know you don't want to talk about it, but we're going to. Steve Borthwick, Owen Farrell, obviously devastating yesterday, mate. For 66 minutes, and I apologise, I come out and tweeted that you were going to go to the Rugby World Cup final, and then that last 14 minutes just went pear-shaped. What did you make of the game? Yeah, it was... I think... We just ran out of puff, didn't we? And that's why I say we from a very much English point of view, of course. I think um, I think the performance was was good. I mean, I don't think anyone... Look, first of all, let me get this straight. I know that you've been talking there about the the All Blacks a year, 18 months ago, not being in a position where you thought they were going to win the World Cup and all of a sudden you're in a fight. Mm. But from an England point of view, I think it's been worse. I think we had have had such a disappointment two seasons really there's been the odd flash in there but most more often than not it's been disappointment and poor performance and very labored so going into this game i don't think many people gave england the chance of even getting to a semi-final the fact they went in there and got ahead early i mean farrell was fantastic with the boot to be fair to him uh put on you know showed all of his experience and class i think through through most of the game i think the fact that england were ahead i think they obviously it was always going to be a case of could they hang on? And unfortunately, I think it just caught up with them. Look, if England had got to a final, it would have gone down as one of the great semi-final performances from an England team because it would have been brave and it would have been resilient and all of that. But South Africa's quality and strength up front really just about told in the end. I mean, I think there were some slightly debatable calls from the referee around the scrum. But look, I had my English hat on. I have to take it off and say credit to South Africa stronger side I think it'll be a better final as a result probably um, but yeah it, it, I think we, we're still we're still coming to terms with it honestly because it was so heartbreaking the way it played out Ben well we weren't going to talk about the rugby but you brought it up and then <laughs> so so it kind of feels like it's open the gates to talk about everything but uh, and you touched on the cricket what's gone wrong with England cricket team at the cricket world cup like I I just the fact that Ben Stokes was coming out of retirement to play in it. I think everybody thought defending champions. They've just got added ammunition. Uh, they're going to be, you know, it's going to be between them, India, and Australia uh, shooting it out to win this thing. But now you're you're struggling to even even qualify the way things are looking at the moment. What where do you think it's gone wrong, and what's what's the general vibe around England about the cricket team? Um, I, I mean, the general vibe is that the. Decision making's been poor. I think. I think even just Butler would admit that he made a mistake fielding first in the, in that game against uh, South Africa. Um, I think that the bowling in that game particularly was all over the all over the shop. And I mean, to get to have to try and chase down four hundred to win is a. I mean, it's not an impossible task anyway, especially in those conditions. But look, you, England when they're on form, you'd back them to chase most big totals down. They prove they can chase totals of, you know, high 300s, haven't they, before. Um, but to, to perform so dismally uh, was really disappointing. And I think it's one of those things where momentum is just against England as well. I think that when you're, you know what, you know, cricket, 
modern cricket these days with these big scores, everything, England have done it. They've been this kind of baz ball era, even in test cricket, but certainly before that, when we won the, uh, run the Cricket World Cup, when we won the T20 World Cup, it's been all about massive scores, everyone playing brave, going big from the off, um, which is fine when it's all working for you. As soon as it starts to go, you know what it's like, and all of a sudden momentum's and you lose a couple of wickets and no one can get any runs, then it looks completely shot and it looks like a ridiculous... Uh, you know, you kind of wonder why the whole house has come crashing down so quickly, but the, the margins are so fine. Um, I, I don't, honestly, at this stage, I know I made a joke about us winning the, the next five and getting out of the pool, but I, I don't really have uh, much confidence in that at the moment because I haven't seen any signs that suggest that is going to happen. Um, but yeah, it might be just one, it might just be that something, timing happens and sometimes and things come around at the wrong times. I mean, maybe this is just wrong time uh, for this team particularly, conditions are never suit us in, in that part of the world either. I mean, England have a pretty torrid record um, in India specifically. So, yeah, I, I think it's just, it is looking fairly bleak and the overall mood is is that really. I don't think, a bit like the rugby, no one's really expecting a great deal from here. Yeah, no fear. I don't, I don't think you could uh, you, you could put it any other way, mate. That's kind of what it's looked like from here. But, uh, yeah. Just, just quickly on that. So, um with the rugby, um, that is the English identity, and Steve Borthwick has, has showed his identity. Um, I know we're going to get off, so I won't answer this question, but I, I think there's a bit of a bright future there for, for English rugby. That, that is your identity, and you can kick goals. Ben Ransom, we appreciate you coming on the show, mate. Thank you so much. You take care. Thanks for fronting. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, hopefully better news next time I'm on. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed, mate. Go well, Ben. Uh, here we go. It is 10 away from 8. We'll be back after this on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast.